You're listening to a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, dedicated to bringing podcasters together for the greater good of gaming. It's sort of like Voltron, but with better lip-syncing. Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com. Episode of Family Gamers Podcast. This is episode 341. Hello, everybody. This has been one heck of a week. I am so glad yeah. to be sitting here just recording a podcast because it's it's some measure of normalcy in my life, as abnormal as it is that we Ooh. do this crazy thing. Hello, everybody. We are the Family Gamers. As always, I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm joined by my lovely, wonderful wife, Anitra. That's me. And we have a guest on the show, another man who has been traveling way too much. Welcome to Skybound's Matt Felici. How you doing, buddy? Hello, thanks for having me. I, I'm super excited to be here hanging out with you guys. Yeah. After so, this long week of travel. Oh my goodness uh, gracious. Do we want to get ready to lot. travel or should we do like <laughs> like how do you want to do this? I mean, I'm still traveling as we speak, like right now. We're, 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 we're moving. I'm in between travels right now. Right. Uh, let's 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 run through some facts and some sponsor messages and then uh, right. what we've been playing. We talk about some travel. Okay. Yes, tell us something about 341. Okay, well, so you have to hang on as I tell a story. Oh, fine. <laughs> All right, so there was this man, an English astronomer, a geophysicist, a mathematician, a meteorologist, and physicist. I'm not going to say his name yet. I'm going to do one of those micro things where I tell you the okay. whole story and then drop yeah, it yeah. at the end. At the age of 20, this man said, I would very willingly do something to serve my generation. Very exciting. For the next 66 years, he delighted in exploring the fields of astronomy and physics, navigation, natural science, and mathematics. He was fortunate to have a father who was able to give him a good education at St. Paul's School and Oxford University. His father also had sufficient interest and faith in his gifted son to provide the scientific apparatus the lad wanted, as well as a generous allowance when he suddenly decided to leave Oxford before taking his degree. Whoops. Uh, So he was so eager to study the stars that upon hearing about this, King Charles II ordered the East India Company to convey this 20-year-old astronomer on the next ship bound for St. Helena. After long days at sea, the youthful astronomers set up a temporary observatory on a mountain and were ready to begin charting the stars. Finally, after a full year, the young men were able to return to England with a chart of 341 stars that are not visible in the Northern Hemisphere. Okay, so three hundred forty-one stars. So that's that, that are only viewable from the southern hemisphere. Correct. This okay. is a notable thing, an amazing and incredible thing. However, you know Sir Edmund Haley from his comet. Oh yeah, <laughs> he charted the path of the comet that now bears his name, and that's my fact about episode three hundred forty-one. That sounds like one heck of a Euro theme right there. Like, I'm surprised that's not in the back of some box somewhere. We're all just sitting down to play a four hour Euro about uh, about Sir Edmund Haley and his yeah. <laughs> someone. Some, hey, it's and, out there. And the 341 just, stars. He discovered. Listen, if someone if someone does that, just throw our names in the credits. That's all we ask. <laughs> Special thanks. To <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, we also have a message from our sponsor. First Move Financial offers financial planning for all stages of life, and they ask, what's your first move? You can go to firstmovefinancial.com slash familygamers and set up a free 15-minute call today. Thanks so much to First Move Financial for sponsoring another episode of the Family Gamers podcast. All right, Matt. 
Hello. <laughs> Let's talk about travel. Let's talk about it. So the week began traveling to Syracuse, New York to fly out to Reno, Nevada. So I am based out of upstate New York. I live in a little town called Corning, New York, um, oh, which yeah. is where, where they make all the cool glass and stuff and all your iPhone. Yeah, yeah Corningware. It's all that fun stuff. Um, we have a big museum here. It's super mm-hmm. neat. I actually um, my parents have taken museum. me to that museum many times. If you, been, so. if you two ever, I would give you guys the best tour. I'm telling you, like, you got to come and then we would have a great time. No, really, like, it's an awesome downtown area yeah. and the museum's a ton of fun. We just had uh, my buddy Nick down, who actually Nick designed um, D&D Onslaught and Adventure Tactics. He lives in Rochester, New York. So um, him and his his family came down and we did the whole thing. So the invite's open if anybody is around upstate New York wants to come hang out and look (laughs) at some glass. But anyways, this is not about glass. This is about me traveling to Syracuse to fly out to Reno to Gamma. Gamma is the, um, I'd say it's the largest industry only event of the year where this is not a consumer show gamma is um for retailers and distributors basically to kind of and media to see all of the new games that are coming out um there's lots of uh meetings that are involved there's lots of uh, presentations that you do and there is an expo there's a show floor that you can walk around and see all the publishers new stuff but again there's nothing for sale yet it's really just a getting retailers excited about your new games and getting the word out. There's also tons of announcements at Gamma, right? But we'll get into Gamma. I mean, it was a great week and I can't wait to talk about it. But Gamma was followed by me flying out to Los Angeles for a day because Skybound's office is based out of Los Angeles. So I had an office day um, where we had an internal game day. We basically showed all of our games to the company, which was really fun. Like it was, I don't get to see those people in person that often, you know, I'm on computer screens with them all day long, but you know, to actually go out there and sit down and show them all of our new games was a ton of fun this morning, fly on back. And tomorrow I have a drive up to Toronto for a distributor open house. So our friends in Canada line ramp have an open house. They just, they wanted it the week after gamma. And I said, okay, you know what? I'm still going to do this. Um, I can drive up there and make it happen. And it's only a one day really event. It's mainly Monday. So Tuesday I'll come back and I'll be good. But, and so talking about travel, you've been traveling too. Uh, yeah. We, I feel we both have, I feel terrible. I am the least well-traveled person <laughs> on this call today. And I was, I was still two time zones away at the right. beginning of the week. All right. So Anitra, you open the conversation. Sure. Because Andrew and I traveled together for a trip for his company, much like what you were talking about, Matt, everyone who Andrew works with is remote. Uh, so sure. this is the one time a year that they all get to meet each other in person. Yeah. And we were in Colorado in Breckenridge. Breckenridge for yeah. the end of the season when they close everything down yeah. and you're like, wow, this is a tourist town. That's not <laughs> great this time of year. Never been, never been, to, never been to Colorado. Yeah, we I, we are super spoiled at my company. They're very, very good to us. So we flew out Friday morning, pretty early. We left the house very and, early. You know, we were there by mid afternoon on Friday, all the way through. We flew out Tuesday morning, even earlier on Tuesday e- morning. Even earlier, we got on the shuttle at four a.m. On Tuesday morning, flew home. Wow, yeah. Got home just in time for Anisha to go to her last rehearsal for me to go to my last week of my bowling league. So we got those in Tuesday night. Wednesday was normal. I'm quote unquote. normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. Thursday morning, I was up again at 3.30 to drive to the airport to fly to North Carolina for a day because I got a speeding ticket driving down to Tantrum Con. 
Um, but you had to go. You had to go back and arrive. <laughs> that Un- unbelievable appearance, which literally lasted for five minutes. I'm sure it did. I can't <laughs> believe they have to have you yeah. go do that in person. Yeah. But, no, um, they, they make it be painful, like on the they, front end, yeah, on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's so awful. I, I arrived. So, well, it, I mean, the good thing was that uh, one of my coworkers, who I had just seen earlier in the week, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lives in North Carolina, so I stayed with him. Uh, he basically lives on a farm, so I got to like meet his pet goat. You know, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love it. Uh, yeah, hang out with his family. Got some good North Carolina barbecue. You know, of course, tried of course. to make it a little adventure. That's but amazing. I got to the courthouse an hour before I was scheduled to be there, which is a good thing because it got me pretty close to the front of the line. So I was in and out of there. I waited 45 minutes. I talked to the as- assistant district attorney for less than five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was on my way. Got home just in time to watch Anitra perform. Um, yeah, got home just in time for me to be like, I'm so glad you're home. I have to leave for dress rehearsal yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a couple hours. And, uh, yeah. Anitra sings in a, I don't know, a really, really good community choir. We'll yeah, that's that incredible. Is is. Yeah. That's amazing. And uh, and so one of the reasons why I wanted to fly back earlier in the day was to make sure I could catch that, which I did. And then today um, I had to drive an hour away for one of our uh, kids bowling tournament. So it's just- wow. it has been I- I'll tell you, like we're racking up those flyer miles. Yeah, we're, uh, we're getting those. You know, we're we're, we're going to save them for a rainy day and we're going to go someplace. We're going to go put someplace we want. Yeah, I scheduled my next work trip down to Florida in June on the flight back from North Carolina. So Florida in June. That's going to be great. Oh, yeah. It's going to be disgusting. <laughs> just be laying in bed sweating. <laughs> so, yeah, travel's been the thing this week, but we have managed to get some gaming in. One yes. of the nice things about this work trip is that uh, we do have the opportunity in the evenings to play games. So we have played some stuff. But, Matt, I would like you to go first. Oh, well, so I have a little I, I got a mix of games that I've been playing. And, and now do you don't do you all normally do one at a time and around the circle? Or do you want me to tell you all the games I've been well, playing or around Robin? But it doesn't yeah. really matter. Normally one we're all going to talk about them anyway. So <laughs> all right. Well, I'll tell you the far. Right, so I'll give you one. And then if we want to go around and sure. come back. So I'll, something outside of Gamma, because I can tell you some of the hotness I played at Gamma, which right. was a lot of fun. But the first thing outside of Gamma and I've actually got two plays of this. And that's actually a big deal for me <laughs> because normally I'll tell you, it's hard to get a game to the tail more than once. I think everyone out there can relate, but Absolutely. I played this game twice so far, two weekends back to back. And that was revive. Um, have you, have either of you had a chance to play revive yet or did you know what revive is? I, I have not. No. So revive is this medium weight Euro game that is essentially about all of these tribes that are coming out from underground and you are, um, because there was a catastrophe or whatnot. I don't have the exact lore down here. I didn't oh, come. It's a, it's a like post post apocalyptic it is yes and you are basically coming out and, and reviving the land right like and you're um exploring but let's say at the end of the day you're moving pieces around your board you're you have all these different aspects that you can put points into and but it has a really neat card play system uh where uh you have a card and it, you can play it on the top of a player board or you can slide it on the bottom of your player board and it does different things then you can unlock slots on the side of your player board regardless and then that'll determine like what actions and resources you get 
and there's that there's a lot going on. Very much like Lacrimosa, with so the top bit, of the yeah. bottom kind of thing. It kind of does feel a little bit like Lacrimosa, and uh, I have played Lacrimosa. I feel this was a little more satisfying. The combos felt a little bit better. Yeah, I felt that they were a bit more rewarding. So, and Revive didn't overstay its welcome. It has this little weird built-in campaign as well. Um, it's a Euro game that has a five-game campaign in it, but you can literally just like take all the stuff from the campaign and throw it in the game. And and that's so the first time we played it, we played it base. We didn't actually play it with the campaign. We just wanted to try the game. We liked it so much. We're like, I wonder what all that extra stuff is in the campaign. Each campaign adds in one new unique thing to the game. So it'll unlock new tiles, new player powers, extra characters, and it ties it thematically in with a story, which is very cool. But it's all stuff that we kind of already were used to in those style of games. So sure. it was easy to kind of read through the campaign and just add it all in. And we as what we did. I'll play it always with all the extra stuff now. But I think it's a I think it's one that stays in my collection. So check out Revive if you're into games like Lacrimosa, or I would also compare it to maybe but maybe the weight of Orleon, it's not bag building, but it's just in that same kind of vein where you have a few different things you're tracking. You know, usually with a game like this, I'll be like, oh, I really love the this part of the art or like the art is so cool. or The art is so beautiful or whatever. This game just looks so freaking neat. Oh, like, I'm just I'm looking at like the player board and the, the dual player, dual player, player boards. Actually, they're like they're very thick player boards because yeah, you, you have can see it. Yep. Yep. Very cool yeah. player boards. You're you're getting these little machines, and that's kind of a cool mechanic where you uh, get energy through the game, and you don't have a lot. You might have one at the beginning, and you might have two, but throughout the game, you unlock more machines on your player board, and you get to customize what machines go in there. You need the energy to power up that machine, but then you get it back after you, um, I think it's called hibernate, which is essentially like a rest action where you kind of reset your cards and you reset everything. But that energy will then power up your machines and that's all customizable. Like you choose, you know, what kind of machines you want, which helps you in your strategy or the way you're, you're, you're going. So that's very neat. Sure, sure. Was this game crowdfunded or? I do not think so. Devere released it, oh, okay. you know, in the U.S. Uh, so, yeah, this that, I got this from Devere and I, I just grabbed it from the store. I didn't see a, a Kickstarter campaign on it. I believe it's just a retail. Interesting. All right. Hmm. I didn't see it on Amazon. I was just I was just looking there, but maybe I can find it on the Devere website. But this game looks really good. People should look at this and see what they think of it, at least from that perspective. It's very striking. It's like the, the box art's beautiful. The board is beautiful. Everything looks really nice. And then I can say it, it definitely backs it up. Yeah. Revive is the name of it. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. That looks neat. Well, I'll go next um, with a game that we... I mean, unsurprisingly, I, th- I think that a lot of the people that listen to this show, yourself included, Matt, run into this where you go places that are not necessarily in your standard board game sphere of influence and you're mm-hmm. the board game guy, right? Like, that's just right. kind of how it works, right? Mm-hmm. So at this work event, like, we're the board game couple. And For so sure. we brought 10 games with us and I spent a lot of time hosting games. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Me to host too. some Turing machine, which was great because I'm a software developer and I work with software developers. And that was really cool. He was grabbing a lot of people and being like, you have to see this yes, game just once. To, you have to. And it was yeah. really, it was actually really interesting because some absolutely brilliant people that I work with were like, I just, I'm, I cannot mentally handle this right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I get it. There is some, some weirdness that you just kind of have to grok before that game clicks yeah. for you. Yeah, but I the do. game that was an absolute smash hit 
that I played a couple of times and I led it a bunch of times and Anitra led it a bunch of times was Green Team Wins. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. many Green, times. Oh, yeah. so my goodness times. gracious. Yeah, Green Team Wins is a hit. Oh, I, I so ran good. it three times back to back and then I was like, here, guys, have another deck of 15 cards. I need to go somewhere else where I'm not going to keep screaming over right. yeah, I, of, yeah. like Every a night I people. was, when we went back to the room, I like my voice was all scratchy and, you know, just from yelling and stuff like that. They were asking me for when is there going to be an expansion? I was like, well, usually you don't play the game seven times in two days. So it's <laughs> <laughs> like burn the deck. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. going through all the yeah. cards. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure I I know Chad's got some stuff cooking for that game, you know, yeah. like that was too hot coming out. Um, I mean, he had a fanny pack and everything that you could get with that, that game. Awesome. And uh, Green Team Wins has never missed in a game group that I brought it to. So right. that's an yeah. outstanding party game. Yeah, I actually reached out to Chad and I was like, OK, so number one, when is the next printing? Because I have some people <laughs> who want to buy it yesterday. Um, yeah. In a few weeks, it should be in hobby stores. And by June, it's going to be in Target. Yeah, wow, that nice. is a great game to put in Target. Yes, it is. It's very, it's very good for Target, and it's not easy to get stuff placed in Target these days. Right. Yeah. So like big big ups to Chad. But he even said like there's a complete standalone expansion mm-hmm. for this game that is uh, so that, like expansion slash sequel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which cool. yeah. which is in the wings. So yeah. all of my coworkers will be happy. But uh, <laughs> very cool. Right. But yeah, that's so that's my game is is Green Team Wins. All right. Well. I did play a bunch of the new button shy solo game numbsters, uh, yeah. mostly when we were traveling because it turned out to be a really great game for planes and cars and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But we're going to talk more about that in the break. Uh, so that's just a little teaser. Mm-hmm. Our other favorite party game came out a bunch at this retreat, and that was Anomia. I honestly wish we only brought two decks with us, and I honestly wish we had brought more. Because yeah, is that an, is that another 25th century game? Is that also nope? It is no, no, no. Okay, it's they, a tiny, it's a tiny little publisher, Anomia Press. Got oh, okay, right on. Uh, I haven't heard of this one. Anomia is their flagship game. They have a couple of other other ones based on the same generic uh, mechanic to it. But mm-hmm. um, Anomia is a not really trivia game. Uh, it is a name something in the category game mm-hmm. uh, with the twist that. It's a big group game, but only two people will ever be competing at the same time. It's when two matching symbols get flipped out. The two people okay. whose symbols match are trying to yell out something that is on the other person's card. So on your turn, you'll flip a card from a central deck. And if the symbol that's on your card matches the symbol that's on somebody else's card, you each are trying to name something that fits the category of the other person's card. And that's basically, okay. and then if you do, if you know, whoever's faster gets the other person's card as like a trophy, and you just burn through the whole deck, and at the end of the game, whoever has the most cards in there, whoever has the most trophies, wins. yeah, you know, it's yeah, very, that sounds that sounds interesting. I would like to try that. I'm, I'm sure I would dig on that for it's sure. Really good. It's super cheap too. Like on yeah. Amazon, you can get the party edition, which comes with six decks for like twenty five dollars. Like oh, it's nice. not expensive at yeah. all. It's very very good. There's a kids version which we actually reviewed on the website, which is excellent. There is like a like Anomia Dark or Anomia at Night. Anomia X. Anomia X. Anomia which X is, is the a little more racy, adult, I guess. But I, knowing Andrew Innes, the guy who created the game, hmm. this is probably like only kind of racy. Like it's probably not that bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, we, we recently reviewed the Anomia Pop Culture edition as well. So yeah. there's a bunch of different editions. So the word Anomia. It is a real word. It is a real word. You know, the idea of like, I know that thing. I can't think of the word for it's on the yeah. Tip of my tongue. yeah yeah oh, totally that, yeah on the tip of my tongue that feeling is anomia that oh okay gotcha. okay describes that yeah 
thing uh, that you that act of being. Like, I had no idea that had a word, but yeah, that's it, awesome. It also can be a medical <laughs> diagnosis. There, there is a medical oh. condition that can cause that as well, where you have the knowledge but not the words for it. Yeah. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. But yeah, so it's a great name for this game because you spend it's the totally entire perfect. game like staring at people's cards and being like, uh, I know I know an <laughs> opera singer. Right. right. Why yeah. can't I come up with any? Right. And I mean, we played this literally at a bar because it's just a deck of cards and everybody yeah. has, a, you know, a card in front of them. You can you can just hold the cards in your hand if the bar is sticky. You know, um, <laughs> yep. we played it at like bar height tables. We played it at like big party tables. It's mm-hmm. a really flexible game. Well, and what I alluded to is we only brought two decks with us. But at one point we started to get more and more people interested in doing it. So I was like, all right, well, we'll play like six or seven people over here with one deck and another five people over there with the other deck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when we both ended, we just swapped decks and kept going. <laughs> so sounds fun. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Back to you. Um, all right. So I'll, I'll throw in another one and I, this is going to be one that I played at gamma just recently. So this game is not yet out. This is going to be like a little sneak preview here from okay. last week. This all is right. going to be from Direwolf. And designer Paul Denon, who actually was the designer of Clank and uh, Dune Imperium. So if you're into those uh, kind of games, this isn't actually like those games, but <laughs> it's as good as those games. So if you're into that, and this is called Wild Tiled West. Wild Tile West is actually a polyomino tile laying game where everybody has their own board and there are two boards in the middle of everybody that hold the tiles similar to planet unknown. If you've played planet unknown, it has that Rondell that spins around or not Rondell, like lazy Susan, if you will, that you spin kind of like that, except in this game, um, there are tons of tiles and you roll a bunch of dice and I think it's, and then what you do is you take five of them and you place them out on whatever that you rolled and those are the tiles that you can draft this turn. So like they kind of slot into little sections and that's telling you the tiles that are basically up for draft. And the theme of this game is obviously it's a Western themed uh, tile laying game. And it has some really neat mechanics in it where you're covering up all different kinds of icons and linking together pastures with cows. And then you can get points that way. But what's really neat too, is there's like bandits and there's like kind of like outlaws in the town. Or like, uh, I don't know if they're sheriffs, but they're like the, you know, the ones that'll shoot the outlaws. If you happen to uh, cover a tile with a bullet, that's how you gain an actual bullet. And then if you make line of sight from like the sheriff to like the outlaw, you can then shoot the outlaw and you place the bullet on top of the outlaw's face. And, you know, but that also that bullet acts as the tombstone that's now on top of his face. And you have like tombstones that are all over your board too. (laughs) It's super cute, really clever. It was fast. I don't know the release. I'm going to guess this comes out around uh, Gen Con. I mean, it looked pretty final. I didn't ask them for the release date on it. Um, There is a board game geek page up for it, but yeah, wild tiled West was really slick. Interesting. Neat. I liked it. So what's the goal of the game? Like what's the end state of the game when you fill your board or like, yeah. So the end state, Oh, what was the end state of the game? Can I even remember? I feel like I think the stacks of tiles in the central board that you're drafting from when so many of those are empty, right? That actually, even the tile drafting had some thematic elements in it. Like there's a river that goes down the middle of these drafting boards and For instance, if you draft the die um, that's 
on the river, you can actually pay some coins or whatnot or the currency to skip a tile and go to the one next to it. Or you pay two coins to continue to go down the river, right? Like, yeah, you just you have some options to. And again, if I'm saying a rule wrong, this was like. This was during Gamma. It was a very late night. Yeah, and no, the game's yeah. the game it's not even out yet. So you know what? If if it's I'm not gonna I'm not your rule book here. But I am here to say that the, the artwork's incredible. And man, he is hit on because I love Dune, I love Clank. Uh this is another one that's going into my collection. This artwork, everything. Uh you got some you have some personal goals as well that you are trying to link up. This isn't any kind of polyomino tile laying game, but it's it's really neat. Like go check it out. I think I think you guys will dig it. Awesome. Yeah, no, it sounds really cool. It's definitely something I want to check out. Yeah. Uh, My next game, this is a weird one. Uh, (laughs) So I mentioned that I was down in North Carolina. I stayed with a coworker. They have a lot of animals. I mentioned their goat. They have a pet goat. They have a couple of pet horses. They have four cats. They have a, a hamster and they have a lot of fish tanks in their house. And I guess everyone in the family loves fish to the point where like for Christmas last year or something, one of their girls was given this fish game. And of course, being a polite recipient of their grace and a free bed for the night, I played this game with them. This game is called Freshwater Tank. Okay. It it is from a company called Kaplan Crypto. It's a weird game, but the idea of this game is the board almost looks like a Monopoly board. Pretty typical roll and move. All the spaces have icons on them. There's incidents and there's fish. And the goal of the game, everybody has their own fish tank. The goal of the game is to get a fish tank with 10 fish in it. But the trick is that all the different fish, all the different species of fish, Mm -hmm. they either are compatible with or aggressive with all the other different kinds of fish. So there's like a big grid with like yellow and green and red circles on it so like different kinds of fish can be in the same tank as other kinds of fish like beta fish are like eh, kind of maybe you know what i mean <laughs> beta so, don't really like anybody yeah, yeah 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 so you're oh and and there's also like aggressive versus passive which are separate from the species so so you've got these two axes that all these fish that you're drawing are going to show up on. And I don't really think there's a whole heck of a lot of strategy in this game. It's pretty much a roll and move, but you know, you pick up these fish and if they fit your thing, then you're good to go. Um, You can get a second tank so you can like put different fish in different tanks. If you think that you're able to fit together the puzzle of how the different fish agree with each other. It was a pretty unremarkable game, but it's the kind of game that doesn't often come up in these kinds of conversations. So, you know, if you're super, super, super casual and you like fish tanks, check out this game, Freshwater Tank from Kaplan Crypto. You can find it on Amazon. Yeah, it looks like it was uh, it has a STEM certificate authenticated. So I think that is just, uh, you know, approved by. By that organization. So yeah, I, I that- mean, it, it definitely has a little bit of educational stuff in it. Like you draw yeah. a card and it kind of tells you a little bit about each kind of fish species and stuff like that. This is a little bit more education first, game second than what we prefer, which is game first, education second. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's not the kind of game that we're going to talk about very much on the show. So I figured I might as well bring it up. Sure. Cool. Well, I'm going to wrap it up with talking about a different animal themed game. Uh, that I got a chance to play this past week, and that was Birds of a Feather. Mm-hmm. So we talked about this a lot a uh, year and change ago when it was coming to Kickstarter, but we did get our copy, and I finally got some chances to play it, first with our kids and then 
uh, with some obliging friends at this uh, company. <laughs> yeah. Company retreat. People who who call themselves gamers, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was like, trust me, this will not take long to learn. I promise. <laughs> I really like the style of the game. Everybody starts with a hand of 10 cards and... Mm-hmm. Or I guess the number changes depending on players. And you're going to play out all but one of them. It feels a lot like a trick-taking game, but it's not a trick-taking game. It's a simultaneous play game. And the habitat of bird that you play determines what birds you get to score that round. Okay. And really, your goal is just to see as many different kinds of birds in all the different habitats as you can over the nine or so rounds that you have. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but not much. I'm seeing a photo on BGG that has an, does it it need an app or is there just a scoring thing for it? It doesn't need an app, although I would say having the app for scoring is certainly easier than using the score pads that are included. Mm -hmm, The score pads that are included are very basic black and white. And we definitely found ourselves misplacing like, oh, wait, I was marking this stuff off in the wrong habitat. Um, So if you can use the app for scoring, that's certainly easier, but it's completely playable without it. Yeah. Um, And uh, I would also say you can play the game in the app, too. Like, so you can play the solo game in the app. Sure, sure. The app is not just like this score pad. There's a game there as well. So Mm -hmm. the majority of my play experience with Birds of Feather is actually through the app version of the game. Okay. I see they just released an expansion not too long ago. Uh, It's not an expansion. It is a re-release, I guess would be the best way to put it. Oh, okay. So is that the one you have? Or do you have the original? We have the re-release. Birds of a Feather, Western North North America. America. Got it. That is the new version that was on Kickstarter about a year ago. Oh, okay. But it is substantially the same game as Birds of a Feather that came out in 2015. Yeah, a hot minute ago. They refreshed some of the art. And yeah, they made some changes to make it more eco-friendly, but the actual gameplay and stuff is the same. It's funny because I was actually just listening to uh, the Game Schooler podcast and they were talking about this and how much they love this game. Oh, the the new art is really nice. It's it's definitely much, much, much um, upgraded from the original. It it feels more like uh, Audubon portraits. (laughs) No, really like the the old bird watching books. Like you can stand up to Wingspan now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> From an artistic perspective, yeah. Yeah. If you like the idea of Wingspan, but you want a game that's done in, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, yeah. this is where you should go. <laughs> sure. Okay, sure. Sure. Why not? Sounds if, good. If you were drawn into the the hobby board game industry because of your love for birds and you ended up with Wingspan, you don't know where to go, here's a place you can go. Yeah. You just need every bird game. Every single one. Absolutely. <laughs> I just need every game with a bird, please. And then you go to Coatl, which is about like weird bird dragon things. And then you're, <laughs> and then yeah. you're, in, it. you're in it all. Yeah, totally. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> the uh, the progression there. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Matt, did you play anything else fun? Anything else good? Uh, You know, I mean, I did get a chance to play Earth. Have either of you played Earth yet? I haven't played it. I've seen it. it I've seen the great. hype. Yeah. Yeah, I did play Earth. And this was actually at Gamma. Now it's out um, from Inside Up Games. I actually got to play, you know, with Connor and uh, Eric Martin from BGG, actually. <laughs> we were we were at a game night. And um, it was. It was a lot of fun. Um, I got destroyed. Like, I did so bad at this game. I'm. I might as well not have even shown up. <laughs> like it was you, you got you I'm telling you, you should ask Connor like how bad I did Earth. It was hilarious. But I did have fun. I thought it was really good. It's a um, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, Earth is basically like a card engine building game 
kind of in the same vein as a Terraforming Mars or Arc Nova. Big deck of cards. I mean, a huge deck of cards that has lots of different pictures of plant life and what, like fauna and space and nature. And you're basically trying to build up this little ecosystem and get points. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's trying to build an engine. It's very much an engine building game. What I liked the most about it, I think my favorite thing of Earth is the simultaneous play. Like one person takes an action, but then everybody gets to also do part of that action. I always sure. like that in games yeah, because yeah. It, it makes it so that there's essentially no downtime, uh, which is good and bad. It was bad for me because I did so bad. But um, I, I don't think I was thinking. I'm just putting cards down saying, yeah, I'll grow this here and and uh, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, so that keeps the game flowing. One player will select a major action and everybody else gets to do the weaker version of that same action. And um, you also you have a big board in front of you. But then you're building a tableau of cards off to the side. And the tableau is actually your engine. And when they trigger like a color, all the cards of that color kind of go off in a row. Like you'll kind of go through how you're building it. And the game ends when you build like a four by four grid of cards on your tableau off to the side of your player board. So you got your player board, which has some cards and data and your actions and everything. And then you have your tableau. Another thing, I think my second favorite thing, this actually might be my first favorite thing because I don't have, (laughs) because I don't have any more time anymore is that I think it played under an hour. Like it was, it was, you know, so you, you get your terraforming Mars, you get that arc Nova feel, but you're in and out pretty quick. You can get more games to the table that night, you know, like, and again, that, that comes down to the simultaneous action. Everybody is kind of moving right along. And I think the second play I might, do a little better but it could even be a little quicker too because i wasn't asking so many questions and bugging connor every 10 seconds like what should i do and but yeah again earth so you neither of you have played it just yet not yet we haven't i'm looking it up it's actually under three for uh, weight wise on bgg which is good yeah Yeah, i I don't think i'm ever going to get a game that's over three to the table consistently with any choice unless it's lacrimosa unless okay (laughs) listen i love lacrimosa and while super heavy I, I really enjoy that game every time I play it. Andrew's not wrong. Uh, anything above a weight of three on BGG is usually a big fight for me. And it just, Lacrimosa just gels for me so well. And I Oh, that's like awesome. The theme, uh, yeah, that's very cool. That it just, it works. But I think you all might dig on Earth. I would, I would give it a shot. It, again, just yeah. because it's a little lighter, plays quick. It's got a ton of buzz right now. He's doing very well with it. The Kickstarter just fulfilled the retail versions uh, showing up. And... Oh, it's a, yeah, it's fifty nine ninety nine on I see online right now. So plus, I love working with Connor because he's a maniac. <laughs> Connor's gives the best hugs in the industry. He does. I was I, I got a couple of photos with him this week. I got to not only play a game with him, but got a chance to hang out with that man for a little while, and he is one of the best. I love him. So all right, nice. why don't we um, take a quick break? When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Gamma and about the fun times that that is Gamma, and then we'll get into some Skybound and some what's uh, what's going Yay. on. With yeah, sounds right. good. Yeah. Why was six afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine, of course. That's the concept behind Numsters, an 18-card game by Milan Zivkovic and published by Buttonshy. It's for a single player, ages 8 and up, and it should take about 10 minutes to play. 
So let's talk about the art that's used in this game. All of the illustrations are by Luke Flowers, and they're these cartoonish monsters. I mean, they're number monsters. Numpsters. Get it? I love that the eight card is outlined in pink, and it makes it immediately distinct from all of the other numpsters. So why is it important that the eight card is different? That leads us into the mechanics of the game. To play, you start by shuffling together six of the regular number cards, plus the eight. Now you have a hand, or a stack, of seven cards, with the eight somewhere in the middle. Every turn has three steps. First, draw a card and add it to the top of the stack. Then, either move one card within the stack, or swap the positions of two cards. Then, one numpster must eat another, and you discard the eaten number. The eater and the number to be eaten flank the eight card, which is called the mouth. There are two ways that eating can work. Basic eating means two sequential numbers, with the eight position between them, and the smaller eats the larger. Remember, seven, eight, nine. Or you can use the special eating rule that's specified on the top card of the stack. The mouth still has to be directly between the numpster being eaten and the numpster doing the eating. If you use the top card special eating rule, you then move that card to the bottom of the stack. Once the deck is empty, keep taking turns of moving a card within the stack and eating. The game ends either when nothing can be eaten, or when the mouth is on top of the stack at the end of the eating phase. There's only one way to win, and that's to have the stack down to a single numpster on top of the eat. So let's talk about what I expected from this game. I am a huge fan of Button Shy and a huge fan of solo games. So Button Shy solo games, you've already got my interest. Um, this one looks like it's for kids, which is fairly unusual for Button Shy. Most of their stuff tends to swing a little bit older. But there's more to it than that, so let's talk about what surprised me. We finally have a solo game from Button Shy that pretty much just plays in your hands. Most of their games, especially their solo games, require a lot of table space. Think Sprawlopolis, or Unsurmountable, or even Rove. You are laying out cards, you're manipulating them around on the table, and so it's really not portable once you start playing. This game, on the other hand, has a draw pile, a discard pile, and cards in your hand. And that's it. For kids who have trouble manipulating the cards, the rules do also suggest a way to play it laid out in a row on the table. Um, but that wasn't really an issue for me, nor was it an issue for my kids. What was an issue for me was how hard it was to remember the basic eating rule. Until I could remind myself that it's seven, eight, nine. The smaller number, eight, the larger number. Every single time. I was a little surprised at how hard this game is to win. I won almost the first time I played it, which gave me confidence, and I haven't managed to win the game again. Uh, I think there's a lot of luck to how the cards show up in your hand, and then you have to make really consistent decisions about where you're moving the cards and how you're moving towards an ending. I would recommend Numpsters for solo gamers who want something compact and fast. This is a perfect game for me to play in the car waiting for my kids in the pickup line or at my son's baseball game. It's definitely appropriate for kids as well. 
the age range of eight plus seems just about right, they might like playing this in the car, like when you're traveling. I find it super great to have on hand, just to stick it in a pocket or a purse and pull it out when I've got a few minutes to kill and I don't feel like talking to people, which is not all the time. It's not a perfect game. As I mentioned, it's actually quite difficult because it's hard to mitigate your bad luck through shuffling. And if you make a single bad choice early on, it's going to have ripple effects and make the whole game harder for you, which you might not realize till the end. That said, I think I'm going to rate Numpsters four and a half monsters out of five. And that's Numpsters in a snack. And we're going to talk about Gamma. We're going to talk about Skybound and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, we are. I'm excited to hear about Gamma because I got some FOMO this week when I wasn't there. (laughs) And also about Skybound because, Matt, you and I haven't talked in a while. So, well, I mean, we haven't we haven't come out with a game in a while. Uh, We (laughs) Skybound uh, tabletop really went through it. You know, we well, we last year we we redirected. Uh, really our focus okay so and for those who don't know for uh since i joined in 2019 we were partnered with druid city games so skybound tabletop and druid city games partnered up to make some really incredible games and release things like title blades and sorcerer city and uh, most recently wonderlands war most of last year was me rolling out uh, you know us delivering the kickstarter and me rolling out the retail release of that um that we had um the, the basically the first print run of wonderlands war to store and so once we got that through druid city is now on his own and skybound is no longer doing the larger size board games right but with that now uh james and druid city have wonderlands war and title blade so he's still doing all of those so if you're wondering when you know more wonderlands war is coming uh druid city's got you you just got to pay attention there the, uh, but i don't know anymore so if you're asking skybound where more if you're asking skybound where more wonderlands were i'm not sure i just i know it's in good hands it's where it needs to be and um it's really exciting for him because i'm glad that game's getting a lot of great recognition now i did help you know throughout the years of being on skybound i helped develop that game and was able to like help release it out into the world and that whole team is so talented that helped design it and manny and ben and tim and james that you know they really put out something special there so uh so after that after the split we kind of um we looked at our catalog we're trying to figure out what we want to do uh skybound tabletop is probably mostly known outside of those big games for our smaller box party games like super fight and trial by trolley um those two games are in barnes and nobles and targets and stores across united states we've sold close to seven hundred thousand copies of trial by trolley worldwide at this point and so we continue uh, to move those but we're looking to continue that smaller box party game uh you know feel but also like stuff we really enjoy to play you know and on top of that we 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 had to just look at what and when our new games were coming out and that's this year. So we have six to seven. Wow. I'm putting a little asterisk. I'm putting a six to seven, putting a little asterisk on seven games coming out this year. We actually, we launched two out into the world and we have um, some more come almost every month up till Gen Con, up till San Diego Comic-Con Gen Con. And then maybe one more that, you know, at the end of the year that we can cap this thing off with. And we have about 20 titles 
for next year that we're currently whittling down to about the same amount, right? We're not going to come out with 20 titles next year, but because yeah, yeah. um, we just literally couldn't. Our team, you know, the the team on tabletop side is still very, very small. It's under 10 people. <laughs> Mainly, you know, there's like four or five, six of us that are really working very hard on making sure that, you know, our, our tabletop games are getting the awareness that they need. And uh, yeah, so we're excited. We got a big slate this year. And that's what we were at Gamma showing off. We were kind of reintroducing everything that we have this year since we didn't come out with much last year. All right. So you said that you have two games that have already been released or or pretty close to it. So yes, we got to start there. Okay, so we'll start with it for the two. And the first one is by far the lightest game weight wise we've ever done, period. And this game was called Wine Night and it's W.H. I N E night. Why? Like as you're whining to people. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I see yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> wine night is a, and, it, and it's, it's from a first time designer. Her name is Jennifer Everett. Um, she had this idea that we just thought would work really well in mass markets and mainly for a lot of people who don't generally want to learn rules or, but still want to be included in that conversation in the game. So why night is just a prompt party game where you're just reading a question off a card and whoever has the funniest story wins, but there's over 300 of these things and they're really funny. A lot of the questions pull people out of the great icebreaker um, cards and questions. For instance, what I like to do with it, and I did this at Gen Con last year, was I took like 10 of these cards out of the box and I just took them to dinner and I took them to dinner with like 10 and you know these dinners Andrew. i mean they were like serious board gamers all around the table right that normally this game is not for at all right like as far as who we made this for we made this for people who don't normally play card and board games but we went around the table and played wine night anyway and we had a blast just because again telling the stories who has the funniest story giving out points as cards or cards as points you know giving those out and yeah at the end of it they're like it works you know it's exactly what it says it is and we 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 are excited to continue you know promoting wine night throughout the year it's got some great we got some really great ideas for it too as far as like expansions are endless because it's just questions but what can we theme this thing in right you know and the other one that came out uh, this month actually is a game we partnered with extra fabulous with uh zach stafford basically is this web comic artist extra fabulous artwork is hilarious and it is called booty call and that is b-o-o T-Y is it a ghost booty? Okay. And this is this is our cheeky, fun little ghost dating game where one player plays as a ghost. This is this is Mysterio Meets Spyfall. This is a game where one player is a ghost and everyone else is they're they're mediums, okay? And they're trying to to select a ghost out of eight different profile cards using limited information, like knocking on the table or you know, charades or making funny faces or doing like ghost moans. You know what I mean? Like moaning and groaning. Like, so they're like, and you're trying to get people to guess your card and whoever guesses it first gets a point. Hilarious artwork. It is definitely a little up there on the age appropriateness uh, scale of things. We did rate the 17 and up just due to some of the content, but I mean, it could sit on any retail shelf and not, you know, it's it's a comic and it's got (laughs) this little glass or, with this little butt and it's just so super funny he's, he's got he's dressed no one's naked it's just really funny and cute and it's called uh booty call so yeah that's our those are the two that are out now can you do you have like on your desk or something an example question from wine night i do what i could do is so here's one what is the most annoying thing you've ever gotten in trouble for at work uh, go on let's play wine night right now what is the most annoying thing that you ever got in trouble for at work 
Oh my gosh. That's okay. I got one. You got one? Yeah. I got one. All right. Okay. Because it is the most annoying. Back when I was in college, for one summer I worked at Toys R Us, I got in trouble for leaving my cash register to answer a customer's question. <laughs> that is that is when so there, annoying. When there yeah. was no one else anywhere near, like nobody was waiting <laughs> in line, no nothing. Yep. I was doing exactly what I was supposed to do. And I still got written up for it. No, oh, the worst. Do why would you dare do your job? Well, uh, what, how how dare you? Caring about <laughs> customers. We only told you you were supposed to do that last week. How yeah. dare you? Well, that is that is pretty annoying. How about you, Andrew? Oh, man, you got something in mind? Question. I'm such a goody two shoes. Um... <laughs> Maybe not got in trouble for work. Maybe maybe a customer issue or a story that popped up that you you remember, right? The closest thing that I have is I used to work at GameStop. I was going to say you. Me too, and that's I'm telling you, these are going to be GameStop (laughs) stories. I also worked at GameStop, so no, I've got it. Okay, so I didn't get in trouble, but Uh I did. I did get a a kid super mad at me. (laughs) Okay, Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I was the old dude at GameStop, right? Like I was married and I had mm-hmm. a kid and like everybody else that I worked with is like, you know, 18. Whatever. Also, you yeah. were like, I don't need to be here. Right, right. I, Andrew, I, I live that, I, I live that life, buddy. I know what you're, I, I, so, I'm right there with you. So this kid comes up with Grand Theft Auto 4. Sure. He wants to buy it. And I'm I like, know. I'm sorry, dude, you know, you need your parent to be. Here. I already know where this is going. Right? Yeah, go on. So they, <laughs> right, yeah, right? so they get their mom and. They come up with the game, and I was like, okay, so, uh, ma'am, just to let you know, here are some of the things that you can do in this game. And I went, I basically went on the bullet point list of why I would never allow my child to play Grand Theft Auto 4. Yeah. And by the time I was done, the withering look that the mom was giving the son, (laughs) and by extension, the withering look that the son was giving to me... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's it i'll tell you and that uh, i managed uh, andrew i managed a GameStop for 15 years buddy um it's it, it's actually it's where i was right before i came to skybound so um that's what got me out of the retail business but i have stories upon i could i could give you so many and, and uh, annoying things for the ball i could give you a ton of stories from that i'd say out of these two you know stories who, who are we voting for well I, I, let me give you a quick little story mine is um it's funny. I say it's annoying, but I, I deserve to get in trouble for it. Like back when I first started, we would have um, systems that we had to test. You know, you people would trade in oh, game yeah. systems. Oh, yeah. So you bring in the system, you test it, and then you pack it up to sell. Well, after we sometimes after we would test them, we would just leave them plugged in. You know, and you would just, you know, oh, the game system's there. There's not a, not a whole lot to do. So we're like, you know what? Let's just try uh, some games. You know, we're just, you're just trying games. And then you have like your, you know, your DM walk in when you're just like, suppose he's like, yeah, you probably, you know. And it's like, that was kind of annoying. I didn't have to really get in trouble for that. We're testing systems. We, I was actually doing my job. I was doing my job, uh, making sure I was giving the system the long treatment to make it sure over uh, extended play that it still worked right like that yeah, that's what i was doing yeah. yeah yeah so then you go you know and then at this point we go around the table and say who has the best wine right like you give a point out and regardless of i think all of our stories are hilarious here but it's it's just that like we just kind of sat here and just shared some stories and for um dinner groups or little parties and stuff that's why this thing works so thank you for asking the the example question because i think that really uh, showcases it well all right so since I, I could not be at Gamma, uh, I was not able to partake in the new games that are coming from Skybound, but I've dragged you onto the show. So I'm going to ask you about what's coming out between now and Gen Con. Yeah. So we, I mean, 
the two that are out are great. But man, do we got some cool stuff. We have the first thing um, after these two is a game called No Context. It's Mr. Lovenstein's No Context. And this is from Mr. Lovenstein is another web comic artist Mm -hmm. that if you've seen his comic, I know, you know, once you see his comics, you say, oh, yeah. I know Mr. Lovenstein stuff. It's 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 almost as iconic as like the cyanide happiness mm-hmm. comic mm-hmm. panels or oatmeal or or whatnot. It's definitely in those veins of comics. I have I can show you two here, but if you look online, like this is uh, no, the cover of No Context. Yep. And No Context is a game that I guess I could compare it a lot to like a Dixit style game where one person has an image and it's going to be one of the comics, and everybody else is trying to guess what that image is, but the only information you can give them is other comics and the comics are actually double-sided and they're double-sided. They have a green border and a red border because when you go to select one of the images to try to get people to guess yours, you can say it's like this or it's not like this, like on the, on the back red side. And you, you have three comic strip spots where you start to kind of build a comic strip similar to like, maybe like a joking hazard, but you start to build like a little comic strip that tells a little bit. doesn't really tell a story, but it gives you more information onto what, card you have and there's live betting in the game as far as like you have bet cards that have all of the there's about six cards that could be your card and all your bet cards have one through six on them and as soon as you think you know what somebody has you can throw a card down on a spot to say i think i know what you are and then someone else can throw one on top of yours and and then everyone's kind of putting bet cards at the end of the round you flip that stack over and whoever guessed it right first gets two points right whoever guessed it right the second time gets one point anyone else gets zero points so you can guess early but if you guess early and you're wrong you know, the next person could potentially get two points. It's called no context because all these comic strips together, just, they make no sense, but it's so funny to hear stories. The, the stories that come after it are really incredible. Like saying like, well, why did you pick that? And it was like, well, the guy who had sweat coming down his face and he had sweat there. Or um, even they're just saying, well, the background was yellow. So I used the background color. It's, it's funny to hear how people think and how they associate one picture to another, but that's out. So that's going to be um, out at the end of May in retail shelves. We're doing a, a little digital, uh, well, web store launches actually uh, next week comes out um, on our web store. So next week wow. we launch it and it'll be retail stores a couple weeks after that. Nice. Then I have two more games that I want to definitely tell you about. And those are our Gen Con launches. So, well, the first one we're actually going to be releasing at San Diego Comic-Con in July. We have a booth there, but not tabletop, just like Skybound proper, like is going to have a big booth there. We'll have a shop there. We'll be selling some Kiss the Goblin at, at, uh, at San Diego. Um, but we're going to be at Gen Con this year with a 10 by 20 booth launching both Kiss the Goblin and um, Pirate Tales, which is our other game. And I'll go into them a little bit here. The first one, Kiss the Goblin, we had so much good feedback from this one. This is what Kiss the Goblin looks like. And this is the alignment guessing party game. And people were buzzing at Gamma like crazy because I kept bringing it everywhere. I was playing this game all over the place. And we're going to play it right now. We're going to play Kiss the Goblin just like we played White Knight. Um, Essentially, how this game works is you are given a hidden alignment. And with this, uh, this is kind of in the... the, um, you know, the RPG world, as far as every character you make has an alignment, whether it be chaotic, good or uh, neutral evil, mm-hmm. you get, you get these alignment cards, right? And with the alignment cards, you will then be given a prompt. So then you draw a card and it could be as simple as what's your favorite pizza. So Andrew, let's just say for a second, I give you chaotic good. You, you then explain to me what you like on your pizza as a chaotic good, but then the group, we would have to then guess your alignment just based off your description. Okay. 
right? So doesn't know chaotic good. We do not know you only you know chaotic good, right? So then, like, what would you like on your pizza? Oh my goodness. Uh, well, um, let's see. I mean, it's got to be something crazy. So we're gonna go with <laughs> uh, we're gonna go with I mean bacon, but also pineapple. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, bacon, but see, some people really like bacon. That's not so chaotic to some people, okay, especially the people that like pineapple. Right? No, but I'm good. So let's go with Canadian bacon. Sure. Um, okay. We're olive. getting we're getting a little crazier. <laughs> not the Canadians. What? Uh, <laughs> definitely no anchovies. That's just nuts. Um, That's yeah. chaotic evil. Is what um, that is. Mashed potatoes. Uh huh. On there, yeah. Uh. You know what? Let's just go full on shepherd's pie pizza. Whoa. See, okay. See, now you're, listen, now you're talking. Okay. You see, I, for my pizza, I would like everything on it, like cheeseburgers and French fries and all the anchovies in the world and like, just like go completely crazy. But I would then eat every single bite and I would thank the person that made it for me to try to get you to chaotic good, right? Like I'm chaotic because the pizza's, the pizza's insane, but, um, yeah. Okay, so, good. all right. All right. Well, all right. We'll get. It was more than just answering the question. It was also how you handled the subject matter. Like, and then yeah. I destroy that pizza like Cookie Monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I'll give an each one. Let me. Let me. Let me pick one more, and then you can. Let's say. How about? Okay. Here's one. You're now again. We're we're all. I'm I'm just telling you the alignment, right? This is a secret thing that you would okay, normally have. I will You'll not look at eyes. the screen, and you can. And do you want me to hold up the alignment? Yeah, sure. Okay, I'll do. I'll do that. I'm I'll not, do that. Not For sure. Okay, so we are gonna play this now. You at home will have to try to guess what the alignment is as well. So, hang on here. Let me pick a good alignment, y'all. Bear with me. You know what they are is we you get everyone gets six cards and there's like white bordered ones and black bordered ones and one of each always make up your alignment. So you just shuffle each stack oh, and draw nice, one nice. and that's how you look at them again. And everybody has a stack of these and that's when you pick this. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for you here. Okay, all right. So I'm gonna give you your alignment. Are you okay. ready? I'm ready. Okay. Yep. All right. I see it. Okay. All right. So that's down. All right. You're good. You can come back. I'm now getting the prompt. <laughs> and it is going. I had it. I had it ready. Here we go. Where is your ideal vacation destination? My now we have to get we have to guess her alignment, folks. Destination. All right. I think my ideal vacation destination is to go somewhere like Hawaii. Okay. And go to the big island that has lots of volcanoes. Okay. And then I'm gonna hollow out the side of one and build a secret lair. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. So she wants to go to Hawaii, but make a secret lair in the side of the volcano. What do we think? Folks at home, what do you think? Andrew, what do you think? I'm going to go. I mean, it clearly evil is, is here. Um, Clear, clearly. Not chaotic. Uh, this could be neutral evil or lawful evil. Um, and what's your, what's your final answer? Hawaii. Do this. I mean, she's, she's not killing anyone but it's also super illegal to do this uh she didn't buy the island so it's not lawful <laughs> so i'm gonna go with neutral evil i think ding ding ding, ding, ding. neutral yeah. evil you got it good job neutral <laughs> makes it hard because i'm like all right i need to obviously be evil but i am neither chaotic nor lawful yeah. i know yeah neutral does like, neut and especially when you get like true evil <laughs> Especially when you get like true neutral, where it's just like neutral, neutral, and you're just like, um, 
Well, I go to my favorite vacation spot is yeah. a gray room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, neutral, neutral. Yeah. Is I'm moving to New Hampshire and now I'm a libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. There's and the fun thing about this is like you could get that. There's a ton of prompt cards, but you could get that card again. But you're going to get a different alignment with someone's different story. So it gives these a lot of, you know, a couple more examples would be you can you can read minds, but how do you use this power? Or um, you're a medieval knight. What are you in the, known for the realm? Or just what do you do when you're out with your friends? So it really one oh the, my, one of my favorite examples I was doing at Gamma. Every retailer that came up, I was talking to, and I go, okay, you are neutral evil, but you see a little old lady walking across the street. What do we do? And as a neutral evil, it's like you had some really funny answers coming in there. I was like, well, I would probably walk her across the street. Very nice, you know. I just well, you know, I wouldn't sell it too much, but I'm gonna I'm gonna walk her across the street. But then I'm probably gonna steal her walker. <laughs> <laughs> and then I run away, you know, and uh, right, yeah. right. She'll, uh, she'll make it across uh, the street but without her pocketbook. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, yeah. you gotta sneak the evil. Chaotic evil gets insane. You get chaotic evil, and people are, you, you learn a lot about people when they get chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> when they get chaotic evil, so that's so that's that's kiss the goblin. This comes out in July. We'll have it there also. And if anybody out there is familiar with. Uh, roll for sandwich which is um it's an account on tiktok where he rolls dice and he makes his lunch every single day um using yeah, dice sure. and like he, he ends up putting ice cream on ham and just making wild creations well we're working with he's going to do a video on this and we have a promo card for him it's going to be what your favorite what's your favorite sandwich he might you know hopefully we'll get to see him at some point but yeah they will have this at gen con i can't wait for everyone to play this and, and check awesome. it out and the, the other one I want to mention really as well is um, Pirate Tales. So Pirate Tales is this cute little pirate squirrel game that is um, all about hiding squirrels all around the islands. And what you're doing is it's very similar to like a Sushi Go wait. It's only going to be $14.99. It's a little deck of cards in here um, with some really neat scoring mechanics and just very simple card play where basically there's going to be, uh, you know, four or five different hiding locations on the table. Mm -hmm. And how, here's how the game plays. You draw three cards on your turn. The first one you grab, you you look at, and there's three different actions you can do with it. You can either keep it face down in front of you. You can play it face down on one of those hidden locations and hide it, or you have to play it face up on a different location. So you're going to keep one. You're going to play one face down. You're going to play one face up. You have to do each one of those actions though. Like, so you're going to draw three cards total and you have to, you know, if you keep one, then the other one, you only have two options. Then in the last one, right. you, you have to do the last option and you go around like that. And then more and more cards get filled up on these locations. The other thing on your turn you can do instead of drawing three cards is rate a location. So once those start to fill up and you are thinking like, Oh, I want to get those cards. You can grab a full set and you flip the card over. It becomes rated. And then you basically do that. That's three rounds long until all the locations are rated. You flip them all back over. You keep putting hiding nuts and trying to find set collection. There's lots of different color nuts and different kinds of there's like cashews and peanuts and uh, pistachios and all these different kinds. But the more um, the, how the scoring works is if at the end of the game you have one pistachio, it's worth nothing. If you have two it's worth the lower value. So that all the cards have numbers on, on number values. It's like zero, one, two, there's like some fives and eights and there's a 12 in there, right? But if you have two of them, you get the lower value. So if you have a one and a five, that whole set is actually only worth one. Sure. If you have three of them, it's worth the middle value. So then you, if you have a one, three and a five pistachio, it'd be that whole set's worth three points. And if you have four or more of a set, 
it's the high that's how you get the high value um so you it can be worth 12 up to 12 points um in that set the last little wrinkle in the game there's these little candy pieces in there each candy is worth five points uh well the first one you get is worth five the second one you get is worth five so you could that would be 10 points in candy but if you get three or more they're all worth zero Right. So all that's because a squirrel is eating too much candy and he's got a little tummy ache. Don't feel good anymore. <laughs> so, um, you know, that pirate squirrel just had too good of a time eating way too much candy. But it's fun to sneak those in stacks that you think you're someone else is going to take. And you see that they already have two candies. Right. So you're trying to get them to bust on having too many of those. It's super fun. It plays in 10 to 15 minutes. It's really quick. And um, that's by Whitney Lorraine. Now, she has a couple other games. She's doing a game called Charcuterie as well this year with a different oh, yeah, publisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so this is... Third World Studios, maybe? Yep, and uh, this this she's doing this as well for us, and she's on fire, and she may be doing another one with us, too. So um, really, really great stuff. We can't wait for it. Gen Con's going to be a ton of fun, but that's kind of what Skybound's got coming out so far. Yeah, nice. I, I think that a lot of us that are heavier gamers, like we tend to be prone to look down our noses at more casual, like party style games, stuff like that. But I, you know, I will really say that, especially after this weekend, when I, you know, sat down with a lot of really, really casual gamers, if they would self describe as gamers at all, literally that- the heaviest game I played was still a party game. Yeah. I mean, I just think that those games are really, really powerful because of the shared human experience that they have. Right. Like, so for sure, because we talk about hobby games so much that we lose perspective. And I, I just think that, I mean, so many people had such a great time because of these games that we brought that like, that barely have rules wrapped around them at all. (laughs) Right. Just Um, rules. And there's just a lot of power in that. And, and I, I really appreciate that. And I'm really excited to spend more time playing good party games no i agree and i i did rem- i did skip one and i don't i want to make sure i double back because in june this isn't a full game it's an expansion but i was so excited to play kiss the goblin with you both um that i i completely just jumped over it but we have uh, uh, an expansion for trial by trolley coming out in june and um this is one of the first really large expansions we have for this game it's 200 cards tracks and modifiers it's all vacation themed um it's actually called travel by trolley um basically we're all stuck in that pandemic for so long i think everyone's finally excited to be able to go out into the world and see people again so yeah so we do have a really fun travel by trolley expansion coming out also in june so i did just want to sneak that back in there i'm like staring i'm i'm staring at vacation trolley tom he's like he's like how could you not mention me Uh, i'm very offended (laughs) that you skipped over my june release date uh but yeah we're we we can't we, we can't wait for this as well and that's those are six um and like i said we might have one more at the end of the year but um, right now, that's what I had at Gamma this week. Awesome. awesome. Well, we will throw some links in the show notes for Wine Night and Booty Call. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're currently available. So we'll make they sure are. we do that. And then we'll definitely keep an eye out. We'll be talking about some games, I think. Yeah, the No Context pre-order page, I believe, is up as well. I mean, I know that, I, or if it's not, it's, it's that sounds really soon. But can't wait for all of them. Thanks, guys. Awesome. No, it's really exciting to see kind of kicking it back into gear. I almost feel like after a little bit of a lull, just feels that way. It really, it really does feel that way. That was great. It's great. It's good stuff. Uh, all right. Well, 
Um, I think that's probably about it. That's uh, We talked about Gamma. We talked about some great games that are coming out, some Skybound stuff. Matt, where can people reach out if they have questions for you or questions about Skybound stuff or whatever? What are the best places that they can go? I'm on social media all over the place, but um, you know, my Twitter is just my name. So, you know, if, if anyone's out there in Twitter land, still hanging in there, uh, seeing if we that are. thing's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just at Matt Felici um, on Twitter. You can reach out to me, ask me any questions. Um, trying to think if I'm anything, any place else. I think I'm the same on TikTok too. You can, hey, if you want to, I, I, I have gotten into the TikTok quite a bit. Are you guys into TikTok? Are you doing that? A little bit. Oh, we do it a little sometimes. Bit. It's, I mean, we're old, so I'm no spring chicken over here. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm also it's at Matt Felici at TikTok too. So if you're uh, you know TikTok, Twitter, um, those are where I'm generally hanging out, you know, and just kind of putting a little. I don't again. I don't even do too much content. I kind of just shop on there. But by all means, come say what's up. If you have any questions about games or what we got coming out, be glad to answer them. Or the Corning Glass Museum. You know. Hey, if y'all are in Corning, I'm telling you, I'm not lying. Come come to Corning. I'll take your own. Be a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, Anisha, where can people find the family gamers on the internet? Well, you can find us on lots of different social medias at Family Gamers AA. We're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. But a better place to get a hold of us and other people who can answer your questions is the Family Gamers Facebook community. It's awesome. We have so much fun in the Family Gamers community, in those uh, community chats. We're always talking about more stuff. We're seeing 3D printing is all the rage in yes. the chat these days. And we've moved the disgusting food talk to its own, <laughs> its own specific. I am like still so scared of 3D printing for some reason. Like I think it's so neat. And it's like I've had some buddies do some inserts for me and stuff. But like yeah, yeah. the idea of having one of those big things in my house and just like it always going and then me waking up to a completely broken 3D thing. I, I'm like so t- I'm so scared. I, uh, now I'm back on TikTok. I'm watching some guy 3D print like Master Chief and like full size like characters from video games and stuff. And I'm like, holy or Stormtrooper helmets, like full Star Wars stuff, which is really cool. I'm like, man, it requires a really big printer. I mean, most of the yeah, yeah. grade printers aren't going to be big enough to print a Stormtrooper helmet that you can actually wear unless they're printing in multiple pieces, I guess. But even the stuff that you can do with a smaller printer, like stuff with interlocking pieces that's been printed that way so that you basically pick it off the print bed and it's yeah. already jointed and segmented. Yeah, that's it's cool. so cool. It's cool. It is very cool. But that is the Family Gamers community. You can go to thefamilygamers.com forward slash community or just go to Facebook and search for the Family Gamers community to That's get true. in there and talk to all the people, ask lots of questions. We know a lot, but we don't know everything. So there's, you know, 625 or whatever of your closest friends eager to talk about family gaming. Yes. So <laughs> if you have questions directly for us, you can email us. That's right. Andrew at thefamilygamers.com. Anitra at thefamilygamers.com. Don't forget to check out our Family Gamers and Play Games with Your Kids merchandise. You can get some sweet t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and stuff. There's just enough time to order a t-shirt or a hoodie for your mom for Mother's Day. Oh, that's like the best. Come on. Big one that says play games with your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Give it to your mom for, for Mother's mm, Day. I love it. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a good idea. I love it. Yeah. Please don't forget to subscribe to this show. Tell your friends about the show and tell everybody that you don't know about the show by leaving us a written review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. We really appreciate all of you out there telling your friends about the podcast. And we continue to grow after 
how long has this been? Seven years? Too I don't know. Long. Something Too like long. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we really do appreciate it. It's uh, it's very special. So the Family Gamers is still sponsored by First Move Financial. Go to firstmovefinancial.com slash familygamers to learn how the team at First Move Financial can help you pile up the victory points. Thanks again to that team for sponsoring the show. Matt, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I mean, I really appreciate it at the end of a long day uh, coming and hanging out with us for a little bit. Hey, I absolutely. Anytime. I I had a blast. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. So I guess that's going to be it for all of us. Well, everybody out there already knows that next week is going to be top 10 games for five-year-olds, right? I mean, I suppose so. We should probably get on working on that then. We definitely should. (laughs) So until then, everybody, play play games games with your kids. kids.